You're listening to All the King's Men. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the King's Men. Uh, We have a quick training camp update from John Rosen for you, but before I get to that, I want to talk about the World Cup, Uh, specifically how wrong I was about Team North America. Uh, For those of you who are new, uh, months and months and months ago, I said that Team North America would struggle to win a single game in the tournament. Uh, They, of course, wound up winning two and losing one, although one of those wins was in overtime. Um, So let's talk about the World Cup. Let's talk about its impact. The first game has already been played. Uh, Canada beat Team Europe. They're up one to nothing in a best of three series. There's a lot of complaints about empty seats. There's been a lot of complaints about people not having much interest in it. I know a lot of hockey fans that I speak to personally, friends of mine, um, family members, even myself. I didn't watch every game. I didn't watch all of uh, Team Canada versus Team Europe. Um, I'm finding a lot of people are super apathetic about this tournament. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not NHL players are going to go play in the Olympics in uh, Korea in 2018. Um, I find that uh, Team Canada really is better than every other team, and I think that's leading a a ton of the boredom, a ton of the disinterest that people have. It's a super short uh, tournament, three games of round robin, and then one semifinal game, uh, a single elimination, obviously. And now a best of three, and I think it's a foregone conclusion for most people that Canada's going to win this. Obviously, Team USA uh, was disappointing, and I think that uh, led to a lot of people losing interest. But even if Team USA had performed well, and you had Team Canada versus Team USA, uh, like I think they expected and hoped, it's still a super short series, it's still a super super short tournament, but for how short it is, there were so many games, and so many games featuring teams that people didn't... I don't think people really necessarily knew what to make of, like Team Europe, even though they're in the final. You know, obviously it's a a tournament broadcast in North America by North American companies, and so to have teams like Team Czech Republic or Team Europe, you know, if you're a Kings fan, that's great. It's it's Kopitar and Gabrik before his injury, but I didn't find myself interested in how uh, Tomas Tatar or, you know, Vanek or Halak did. Um, I'm just really focusing on the teams at North America, Canada, and United States. I don't think there's much to learn from this tournament. I don't think there's much to take away from it. I don't think you can say definitively, oh, Finland is terrible because they only scored one goal and they lost all three of their games, or that you know Team USA has a, a long way to go to catch up to Team Canada. The team construction, obviously, a lot of people have complained about Team USA, but it's three games, and if you... If you play one game poorly and then you have to play Canada in another one, yeah, you're going to lose two games and that'll be it for you. And I don't think that it should be taken as any sort of definitive statement about the quality of of any of these nations' programs, except possibly Canada. And again, I'm not sure that that says anything about their development program so much as it does about what we've all known for decades, which is that Canada produces, per capita, the larger number of NHL superstars and and the reasons for that are, you know, cultural, economic, geographical, you know, and they're well documented, right? It's a country full of snow, full of kids growing up playing on ponds. Um, Russia disappoints again. I'm not sure that that's a terrible surprise. Um, a stat that I didn't bother to tabulate myself, but that I'm very curious about is how many games of NHL experience each roster had because looking at I thought Finland would do quite well and I thought obviously that Team North America wouldn't 
And then I looked at Team Finland's roster one day while they were playing Team North America, and I realized that half of Finland's roster is as young as Team North America is. They had uh, their entire blue line, I think, was 24 years old. Um, I think they had one player older than 24. And I'm not sure that a lot of those guys had a ton of NHL experience. So it's entirely possible that Team North America had more NHL experience than some of the other teams in the tournament, uh, like Czech Republic um, and uh, and Team Finland. Um, whereas Team Europe had, I think, the most NHL playoff games or the most Stanley Cup, uh, cumulative Stanley Cup uh, wins on it. So a team like that that everybody may have not taken seriously or may have thought, oh, pish posh. Team Europe, you know, is the throwaways. They won't do anything. But it turns out that they're an incredibly veteran and experienced team. So in a short tournament, that's the sort of thing you may look forward uh, in in future tournaments. You may want to look at if they even do that. I've, there's now news that, in fact, they may change the the format and uh, and have qualifying games so that teams like Belarus or, you know, the Slovak Republic uh, or Denmark or Norway as, as players from those countries uh, come forward, you know, or maybe even Slovenia. So that the next World Cup may have either more teams or the six teams, and instead of Team North America and Team Europe, they may have two other nations in it. So it'd be very curious, but my solution, and I know you're all dying to know, <laughs> uh, my solution to this, and and it's based on what I think the only real takeaway from this tournament should be, uh, let's have a World Cup, but let's get away from, and this is going to sound crazy, let's get away from nation teams. Let's get away from national teams. You know, Canada is the best country in the world of producing hockey players. Team USA is very good. Russia is very good. Sweden and Finland and Czech Republic are very good. I don't know that we need one more excuse to pat ourselves on the back from, from happening to be born in countries that produce good athletes. What I'd like to see, and I've proposed this in the past, people obviously like a preseason tournament. It's It was fun. The, the excitement generated by Team North America and even Team USA and Team Canada before the tournament started should show you that there is an interest in fans for a preseason tournament. The summer is long and full of non-hockey things, and it's, it's great to have something to get us all back in the mood that isn't training camp, right? Training camp is great for every fan. You know, you find out which minor league players might crack the lineup. You get to see the young kids for a few days. But but it was thrilling and exciting to watch NHL players play in a short, fast tournament against each other. It just went on too long, I think, is the problem. And there were too many teams with players that nobody knew about. So I propose we'd have an all-star tournament before each season, before each training camp. Um, make it four teams, let's say, just spitballing. An all-star team from each division, let's say. Uh, you can say, you know, each team has to provide at least two players uh, with seven teams per division or even eight. That's 14 to 16 players. That's most of a roster. Then you can fill it in with commissioner picks or, you know, you can choose You can say the division leader from the year before gets to make the you know pick of the last two or three players um, and then play those teams against each other. Have a real quick everybody plays each other once and at the end of it the best record plays each other and you, you know, that'd be a real short tournament. It would be all-star players that everybody knows about and boom, then you send everybody off to their training camps. The, the risk of injury is still there and uh, you know, it's unfortunate. And look, as Kings fans, we're all going to miss Gabrick and it's no fun. We all knew it was a, a possibility. Every fan base knew one of their players might come back hurt. Um, it's a shame. It's not enough for me to say that the tournament shouldn't happen because, frankly, guys get hurt in training camp. Guys get hurt in scrimmages. Guys get hurt in pr practice. So 
it's rough. It's really rough, but uh, but I don't think it's enough to to ban events like this. Um, but yeah, that's my suggestion. A preseason all-star tournament, and then later in the season where you would ordinarily have the all-star game, that should be the, the winter classic. Take a weekend off, give every team except for those two teams uh, a weekend off, and play the winter classic the way you would an all-star game. Same coverage, same fan experience, you know, you get the trophies and the and the and the uh, the interactive park and, and the whole thing set up, and that's your all-star break. And then you've got the playoffs, and I think that's a calendar that gives hockey fans enough exposure to the things they like at the time that it, that it would be most beneficial. Um, that's my solution. Anyway, I've rambled on long enough. Here's John Rosen with a quick training camp update. Uh, thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon. We're here at King's Training Camp with LA Kings Insider John Rosen. How are you doing today, John? I, I'm happy. I love getting asked this question. I got to think of like good things to say when you ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> Usually, it's just you know chirping Jack Wilson or something like that. But Jack's not here right now. Well, but I'm great. That's perfect time to chirp him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to lay it on him. Is Notre Dame Fighting Irish or uh, one and three so far this year? So we are, I guess, three three games quotation marks around games uh, into the Heavy quotation <laughs> yeah, use, yeah. into the preseason for the LA Kings we had the Kings versus Kings game on Sunday in Ontario what did you think of that event it was a good event. It was a good turnout there. I was worried uh, at first that the event might have been a little bit over-marketed just because that it's an event that um, is really glorified quasi-practice scrimmage uh, exhibition game, but uh, it seemed like the fans had a really good time. There's a great crowd there. You know, I think they were expecting 7,000, and they might have gotten about 1,000 more than that. Um, they had a huge gate there, so it, again, it's one of those things that shows the kind of uh, interest in Southern California, and as far as a play on the ice you got to see a lot of the team's uh, prospect base even though uh, you know just from a pure skill a high-end skill you know the king's pipeline has uh, come down just a little bit but i think you got a, a lot of good glimpses of players that can fill roles uh, potentially on this year's team and in uh, the next team or two to come I, I turned onto the road i forget the name of the the street at the moment leading up to the arena and i saw the line to get in the parking lot uh, and i thought oh no Oh. <laughs> There's going to be a ton of people there. It was a great crowd. And you, know what? And you don't even have the excuse of uh, the traffic because it was a Sunday. Yeah. It was easy getting down there. Uh, coming from uh, the Valley, it was only about uh, 55 minutes. And, um, you know, not to say, uh, you know, not, not to go and, and go to the rain games on, on Fridays or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, give yourself a little bit of extra time. And mm. it, it, w- it was good. It's a beautiful arena. Those really who have been is. there know that. Um, and it was a really good event. So, you know, the, the success of that event uh, could lead to uh, more Kings versus Kings events in the future. Uh, there were kids playing hockey in the parking lot. There were fans. I saw fans that I've known for 10, 15 years. It was, uh, it was great. Now, they played uh, two split squad games, one in L.A., one in Arizona. You were in Arizona, the game they lost. Uh, who stood out for you in that game? Uh, the guy who presses the button that makes the coyote, coyote <laughs> howl inside the arena. He's always one of my favorites. I thought it, it's hard to say, and I don't want to favor anybody over other people just because there's so much competition. Um, but I thought Tom Gilbert was somebody that, that uh, really looked comfortable out there in his first game in a Kings jersey. Uh, he played, uh, I believe, nearly 27 minutes in that game. He was active, appeared to have scored a goal in the first or the beginning of the second period. It was later credited to Trevor Lewis. Um, but he was good. He looked fine out there. I thought Derek Forbert made the play of the night, the best highlight out of uh, either team, um, when he kind of crept in from inside the left point uh, while on the power play and just issued a 
beautiful just kind of snap pass over to the far post and all Teddy Purcell had to do was just keep a stick on the ice and he redirected it past Mike Smith for a, an easy tap and goal. You combine that with a, a nice assist that he had in the Kings versus Kings game uh, on the deflection by Michael Mersch yeah. and you can look at Derek Forbert uh, having stood out through these uh, couple of exhibitions there. So uh, up front, uh, Nick Dowd was involved, Michael Mersch, good hustle. I think overall, even though the Kings lost that game 5-3, to three, they were challenged by a, a bunch of uh, rush attempts in the other direction. Didn't get a ton of saves in that game as well. Peter Budai, only 10-14. of 14. We've seen him be better than that. But, um, you know, I think he was uh, hung out in several of those goals too. Like I said, the rush chances. And that's natural in, in a first preseason game um, just because you have players who are trying to really make an impression, trying to sow something. They might get jump up, uh, caught up in the play just a little bit. Um, you know, whether it was a defenseman, whether it was centers, not, not getting back in time. It was just stuff that can be cleaned up that you to generally associate with an early preseason game. I thought from a competitive battle, compete level standpoint, uh, the Kings were fine. Considering the run of play, the Kings were probably the better team in that game, even though they lost. We've seen the first uh, round of, I don't like to call them cuts, because the four guys sent back down to junior hockey, and uh, Miles Koulis sent to Ontario, and uh, Dusty Emu sent back to Ontario. That leaves five goalies. I think it's expected Quick and Zatkoff will be on the big club. What do we know about McCollum, Flynn, and Campbell? Um, well, the Kings this offseason really had to replenish their goaltending pipeline uh, just because having you know, traded away Martin Jones, having lost J.F. Berube on waivers, um, and obviously with the, the legal situation, the, you know, the, the situation that Patrick Bartasek, you know selfishly and cruelly put himself into, um, they had to really go and, and rebuild that pipeline. I don't think you're going to have anybody that has a type of upside right now as Berube or Bartasek did, um, but... Um, Peter Budai last year was the best goaltender in the American Hockey League. Um, you would think, because there are still some teams that need uh, backup goaltenders, um, that they would be looking at Budai perhaps uh, off the waiver wire. Uh, should he be assigned to Ontario, which uh, would probably be like the most likely outcome, given it would appear that Jeff Sadkoff uh, would should he earn it, uh, claim that King's backup role. Keep in mind, too, that the Kings signed Zadkoff to a two-year contract, um, which allows them to expose him in the expansion draft, which is something that they would have to do. Every team has to expose at least one goaltender. Um, so with that in mind, should Budai go through waivers? Should he get claimed on waivers? That would probably open up a spot for Thomas McCollum, who's here uh, on a PTO and provides somewhat of an insurance option there for the Kings. So with him there and uh, with uh, Jack Campbell having been acquired from the Dallas Stars in exchange for Nick Ebert, uh, the Kings have some guys who are high-end uh, prospects earlier in their career that they're hoping that maybe a change of scenery, the ability to work with Billy Ranford uh, and Dusty Ebu um, will get them uh, perhaps a, a different start, a different direction in their career. Um, so it's gonna, it could be a little bit of a different look, but keep in mind last year with that Ontario Reign team um, that they the backbone of the strengths of their team, not only the structure and buy-in under Stuthers, was also the goaltending that they received from all-star Peter Budai. Uh, they're going to hope to have that again this year, but again, there is a threat that he could get claimed. I'm vigorously nodding my head and realizing <laughs> that nobody can, <laughs> can see or hear it. Um, on the drive out here, I was talking to <clears throat> my father, and he uh, felt that in the wake of the Gabrick injury, that Devin Setaguchi, as he put it, was the, quote, wild card to watch out for uh, in this training camp. Is, uh, is that true? Is my father uh, continue to be the self-proclaimed genius he considers himself? Yeah, I think I, I, wouldn't, I would even go a little bit farther than wild card. I think that there's now a path for him to, to try and go and claim a spot on the roster. I haven't spoken directly, uh, you know, in the, you know, 
um, you know, in 24 hours uh, or, or what have you since Gabrick has been injured about Setaguchi. And I wasn't at the game at Staples Center, uh, but thought he looked fine at a really nice assist uh, for the opening goal that uh, Nick Shore scored in the Kings versus Kings game. Uh, a beautiful shootout move. That, that's always something the Kings could benefit from as well. Um, but I think more than anybody, um, he would be somebody that could potentially benefit um, from, you know, Marion Gabrick's absence. I mean, he could be back, you know, somewhat around the end of November. So uh, I think some other people are looking for Adrian Kempe to perhaps get an opportunity. It's going to be fun watching him in the preseason, but Kempe's not quite ready for the National Hockey League. Again, I wasn't at the game in Staples Center last night. I know he was getting up and down the ice pretty well, uh, but he's somebody that had an up-and-down season last year. And, and, and you know what? That's to be expected. He was the baby in the American Hockey League last year. You go back eight goals, you know, I believe in 17 games as an 18-year-old in the Calder Cup playoffs. There is some innate natural talent there. Um, but still, uh, you know, there, there was that consistency. We spoke with him after the Kings versus Kings game about it. Um, just, again, uh, sticking to detail, not cutting corners. You know, he's looking to just grow and mature, uh, and he'll have, uh, you would think, another opportunity to prove that he can have a big season in the American Hockey League, even just at the uh, young age of, of 20, because he's still one of the youngest players uh, mm-hmm. in the AHL. He and Amadio, uh, it's a bunch of kids on that team. I, I, you fun. know, I actually, I spoke with him today, and I, it's Amadio. We're supposed oh. to be calling him Amadio, well, but that's, that's, that's also because there's also, I think there's that natural, and you're Canadian, yeah. so you have that natural, the ah is yeah. often pronounced ah yep. in Canadian Pass English. Pass the drama. Yeah, pass the dra- drama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So maybe we have been right calling him Amadio. It's just the Canadian <laughs> accent that's Amadio. But no, he's he's somebody that is uh, very good away from the puck, smart player, good forechecker, also shows that he can be a goal scorer with the 50-goal season that he had in the O last year. Well, thank you very much, John. We'll talk to you as camp goes on. Always my pleasure. And uh, Jack, there is still plenty of room on this uh, Michigan Wolverines bandwagon.